Welcome to This is 65, an interview show featuring inspiring stories from accomplished professionals. I am your host, Erin Ackenheil, and this is brought to you by Blackpoint Insurance, where we help Medicare beneficiaries learn about the A, B, C's, and D's of Medicare, and we help agents and brokers nationwide learn to launch, grow, and retain their businesses. Let's get this show started. Hello and welcome to This is 65. My name is Erin Ackenheil and this is brought to you by Black Point Insurance. At Black Point, we help Medicare beneficiaries nationwide learn about the A, B, C's and D's of Medicare, and we help agents and brokers learn to launch, grow, and retain their businesses. Through that process, we meet some incredible people, entrepreneurs, side hustlers, volunteers, people doing amazing work in the community, doing encore careers, these types of things. And they have really inspiring life experiences and life stories that really bring to light a successful career and a really well-rounded person and human. And I bring on some really great individuals. Today's guest is incredible. She's got an inspiring personal story and she does so much through her work as executive director of Rescape. Imagine Rescape is a company that really helps to address climate change and other issues uh, using regenerative resources. They leverage that in the community to educate, train, sponsor different programs that really make our world a more sustainable place. And I am so excited uh, to bring on my fabulous guest. Uh, welcome, Melena Fiore. Hi, thank you. <laughs> Welcome. Thanks for joining. You're coming from backstage. Now, just to remind you, Melinda, this is a, a live show, so people can put comments in the chat. Sometimes I'll bring those up. Also, just to everybody out there, if you're a friend or fan of Melina, give her a high five, give her a hello. Uh, thank her for being here. We're so glad to have you on. Uh, so Melina, tell me about Rescape. What do you do at Rescape? Tell me a little bit about the business. Sure, so um, we are a California nonprofit and uh, we um, were initially started in the early 2000s through Prop 84 funds from uh, the state. Um, those funds were to transfer lawns to drought-friendly gardens and landscapes. And so through the years, um, we have um, trained and qualified city employees, county employees, municipality employees, and also private businesses in regenerative. It started as sustainable. We had initially seven sustainable principles um, now we have eight regenerative. We've gone from the focus of sustainable to regenerative um, principles. Um, and we qualify in maintenance, in design, in firescaping, in construction of regenerative landscapes. And additionally, we have a rated landscape program that certifies landscapes in regenerative um, aspects. So um, if you know lead for buildings, which is, you know, green, et cetera, well, this is um, certif certifying a regenerative landscape for a land and land use. Um, right. The latest um, one that we um, certified um, is the San Francisco Presidio Tunnel Tops, um, which is, is gorgeous. And they use so many of the regenerative um, principles in in that whole design and install. It's really beautiful. 
Wow. Well, I got, I've got to do a drive-by and check it out and, and see how that is. So tell me a little bit, just what exactly is meant by the term regenerative? Like, what does that mean? And to the average layperson, what are we talking about here? Sure. So um, when you imagine um, uh, the word sustainable, you know, we can sustain it. That means keeping things the same. And we have, you know, passed that time on our planet in the environment in terms of keeping things the same. That's no longer possible. Um, and so the regenerative aspect is addressing um, topsoil, um, assuring that there's vital soil. Um, you know, we say um, feed the soil and then the plants and the um, habitat and all of that ta is taken care of. And so, so um, we're very aware of all aspects in terms of our principles. So it's um, act local, it's save water, it's protect air, um, nurture habitat, you know, et cetera, et cetera, um, all of the eight ones. And so we're very aware in all aspects of what we do in the design or the install or the maintenance of, of land or a landscape that there has to always be this way that we nurture and um, assure the vitality at all levels of, of, of that landscape. Yeah, it's really incredible work. So has this always been your calling? What's your background and story? How did you end up in this work? Tell me a little <laughs> bit about yourself. Um, well, I um, am trained as a, a um, RN. So, um, well, that's uh, a natural transition, nursing <laughs> to regenerative uh, resources here. I got yes. it. <laughs> yes. Well, um, so I, um, I was trained as an RN and I worked in the hospital originally and then worked in public health. And in public health, um, you look at kind of the family system. I also had um, a focus um, of maternal child health and um, psych nursing. Um, also, wow. I had a specialty in that. And so I've always um, worked in uh, a setting where you look at the whole system or the whole family. And more recently, um, I worked for almost um, 20 years in a large health system in an integrative medicine department where I ran clinics and um, retail that sold the supplements that the doctors recommended for our patients. And so we were always looking at kind of the whole aspect of what health actually is. And um, when I was asked to apply for this position and saw that there were actually eight principles where one input affects the whole, it was very much a natural thing for me. It's kind of the health of the body that you look at all of the um, aspects and you look at the health of a of a landscape or the earth and you know know that everything affects everything else right. so isn't it funny how you can make those connections because you think this is completely a different vein a different right. type of work but when it really comes down to it it's very very similar in terms it of is. operation it is um, absolutely you know and getting to know you melina like a lot of what you talk about is just how every experience you've had has led you to this and so can you make that translation for us? Like, how does that come about? And, you know, I think that's really inspirational to others, right? Because you're kind of doing a job for a time and you're kind of always looking for your bigger purpose. And I feel like you've kind of found it to lead you yeah. to this point. So can you tell us a little bit about that and yeah, what yeah. that means to you? Um, yeah, so I um, I grew up in Italy. My father was um, in the special forces in the army. My mother was a Holocaust survivor. And so we um, lived in Italy and um, then moved to the United States when I was um, uh, about four years old. Um, and 
I, um, my mother, um, you know, having survived said that, you know, you can do anything that you put your mind to. And so I was always very aware of kind of my, my heroes when I was growing up were Martin Luther King, um, Jimmy Carter was, um, Robert Kennedy, um, Joan of Arc, um, Eleanor Roosevelt. I like this spectrum. This is good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And later on, um, um, science, uh, scientists, physicists, uh, Vandana Shiva, um, David Bohm, Richard Feynman, um, who were all doing um, really cool things and, and um, aware of always making the world a better place. And so um, I was always kind of throwing myself into um, situations or experiences where I saw a need, even if I felt like I wasn't trained. And so, um, so I, um, I, you know, I was a nurse and I, um, worked on a, um, the, a native, um, reservation. Um, I, uh, um, worked in the hospital. Um, I was, a when I first started out, I was a float nurse. And that me meant that whenever I went to work, I would be told where I would be going. I, I didn't know where I'd be going. Some, and so some, some, That's some different trips. from a traveling nurse. You work at one location, but then they direct you to these different areas or departments based on the needs. Yes, yeah. And so in any given shift, I might work on four different floors. Wow. So start out in emergency room and then be sent to pediatrics and then be sent to ICU. And at first I hated it. I would cry on the way home every night. I worked three to eleven um, because I felt like I I I didn't know what to do. You know, it was just this really challenging thing. But after a while, what I um, experienced was that I could be in any place that was needed. I just needed to like get it done. Right. And um, and so um, after that, I um, I had grown up. In, you know, in a European family where we used herbs and nutrition. And so I was always living in lots of different worlds. I, I lived in the medical world with drugs and medications. And I also lived in the world where you addressed your health in um, food, you know, using food or um, nutrition. Um, uh, and um, so um, I experienced all these different aspects of, of kind of the world. And this felt to me like I just brought everything together in my current position. Yeah, I can definitely see that. And I kind of, one of the things that I kind of an unexpected pleasure of this conversation is just thinking about what you're saying in terms of what it sounds like to me is that the importance, obviously you need the baseline skills, like, you know, you're nursing and you're going to these different departments. So you need to know what you're doing and you have to have mm -hmm. the background and the training, but I'm almost hearing what's more important is maybe two things. One is just a passion for what you're doing and to help people and to kind of support them through. And then the other thing is being flexible, listening, and just getting it done in terms of, whatever is at hand, right? You know, delivering a baby, emergency room, whatever, right? You know, kind of thing in terms of the spectrum. So can you talk about those qualities in people and how we might all have an opportunity to make more of a difference if we have that perspective? Well, I think that generally, you know, we have been born during a time where it's perfect for us to bring forth our gifts or talents, and we all have a place. There's there's always something you know uh, for us to do, and so 
Um, uh, you know, I, I think that if, if we, you know, each of us knows that there, whatever the situation is, so you can be present kind of with what the need is. And um, there, there is that aspect of you, whether you know about it or have been trained or whatever, that there's something that you can do to help or to move things right. forward or um, some way to assist, you know, in a need. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that uh, for us as women, um, what I'm aware of, you know, I have I have a son and we um, started the San Francisco Waldorf High School um, because it wasn't there. And so a lot of the students came and stayed, you know, in the house um, from they lived from, you know, far away. So during the week they would stay in in the city. And so I kind of um, know about how girls grow up and how boys grow up. And uh -huh. what I'm aware of is that boys kind of are, they don't think about if they know how to do it or not. They just kind of like, you know, coach, let me, let put me in, let put me in. in. I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> yeah, it's so great. But, you know, for us as, as girls, what I noticed is that there was this kind of hesitation. Oh, you know, da, 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 da. And so I guess, you know, the reason I'm saying that is that it doesn't matter if you feel ready or not. If, if there is something in, coming into your world that is your, it's yours to do. And so right. don't like hold, hold yourself back because right. you think you need more of something, whether you need, you know, to be older or younger or less of this or more of that, you know, all of those things. Um, it, it really doesn't matter in the right. end. <laughs> I'm getting like, we're enough. And it's coming to us for a reason, right? Exactly. So we can address it. We can listen, we can grab resources, whatever the case is. So yes, that, that makes me think a little bit about your work at Rescape in terms of what you're doing out there. One of the things that you mentioned kind of in the intro is you've done trainings and certifications of government entities or private mm -hmm. employers and so forth. Tell me a little bit about the specific training programs that you sponsor and what graduating from one of those would look like? What is that certification does that give me? Yeah, so um, so um, depending on what the qualification is, um, say for example, our maintenance qualification, um, it's a, a four day and you know, through COVID now everything is online, but um, generally the structure is that it's four days of training in each of the um, eight principles. And so we go deep dives into each of those areas. And then at the end, on the fourth day, we actually go and do a practicum day in some place in the community for community benefit. So, so um, you, they would, you know, go deep into each of the different regenerative principles, including the laws and the ordinances and the permitting requirements for each of those aspects in terms of maintenance. And so um, they come out knowing that um, how to do irrigation, what's a hydrozone, what kind of native plants nourish habitat, um, how to regenerate the soil, all about compost, all of those things. And so, so depending on the city or the county or the municipality, there are some um, cities, mostly in the Northern California areas, um, who require 
our eight principals be taught to their staff or vendors or that they actually um, keep up their qualification because it's an annual renewal of the qualifications. We have um, the, the regular qualifications, then we have advanced workshops, we have qualification renewal uh, training in um, you know specific area. It might be green stormwater infrastructure, it might be how to build or maintain a bioretention area, it might be how to build a habitat um, garden or a fl you know flyway zone, etc. Um, and so um, some cities actually hire because they have been qualified by Rescape. That they hire them. So um, and there also is a way for for them to have um, development in their career. Our really big focus is on workforce development. Um, that's you know we have three priority areas and workforce development is one of them. The other so is- What do you mean by workforce development? So just having more people that have this certification and can do it on the jobs? Is that exactly, what that means? Exactly, you know, so um, the, the kind of core of our work is addressing climate change. And um, specifically for us, it's, you know, outdoor, it's lands landscapes, right? And land use that's a whole other area um, and um, so developing a green jobs workforce my my dream is to have um, our regenerative trained folks actually um, be part of a, um, a, a group that um, has a really good living wage um, and um, so, so workforce development and then climate equity is a whole other aspect of our work, you know, to assure that there is access. Um, you know, there, there um, now is a tree equity score. You know, they talk about the urban forests, et cetera, in, in relation to carbon sequestration. Um, and um, so that's another really important focus for us. And then the other is in policy. So we we train our folks. These are the laws in terms of landscapes. This is, you know, water savings. These are the formulas that you need to use in order to get, you know, irrigation and, you know, lay it in the right places. And um, we also move policy forward so that it's um, looking at a regenerative way of permitting all of those things. Um, so um, there are some policies, you know, we work with the state, um, some of those departments, Department of the Water Resources, um, State Water Resources Control Board, um, California Air Resources Board. We, we work with them to support their work and the laws and the ordinances um, that, you know, are part of the state of California. Yeah, gotcha. So, Melaine, I just want to remind everybody to give us a like. We've got people watching live now. People are saying, love your passion. So that's really nice to see. <laughs> I like seeing that in the comments here. Um, one of the things I wanted to, to comment on is I think, okay, four-day coursework. If I'm a private business or work for the government or something like that, I feel like I've probably got funds tapped and available to send people to your coursework and take care of that. But I'm also imagining that people are striving to get this certification to either build a new small business mm -hmm. or to make themselves yeah. marketable in the workforce with workforce development being a key goal. 
So do you find that there's individuals that are coming to you and looking to get certified so that they can be maybe more marketable in the job force or launch their own business? Yes, we do. We, you know, um, I would say that currently, you know, including through COVID that, that I am um, probably 80% of our folks are, you know, who you just described. And um, we do have um, funds that we make available. We have a, a scholarship fund um, that folks can apply for um, either partial or full scholarship to um, cover tuition. And we have, I just was yesterday um, working with our um, training coordinator. We have five applicants applicants um, for our maintenance qualification training, which starts at the beginning of February. And it's, to me, we have five different funds, uh, fundraising uh, funds, and the Regenerative Education Fund to me is the most gratifying um, because it's so wonderful to be able to support somebody to either start their business or to, um, to move the, the regenerative aspect forward say i mean we have someone who works in a zoo and they're taking our 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 guards um we have and what and are they doing that to apply that work practically in the work they do at the zoo yeah so what kind of hope would someone what are they trying to get out of the class that they would bring back to like working at the zoo how would that they, work well they want to um they want to know how to assure healthy soil or um, have a balance in terms of the the um, landscape. Um, you know, we tr we um, train integrative pest management, so you know, not chemicals, no, you know, those kinds of things. So to be aware of all of those aspects. Also, there are you know water saving designs or plants, um, which you know, until what two weeks ago. We were in a very severe drought. And, I'm like, bottle this water, please. Do anything. Yes, and you know, <laughs> as you know, we see all of the the runoff. I I'm a little like nauseous because there are really important um, structures um, that need to be built so that the water is not wasted. Like right now, you know, the bay. The water in the bay is brown because of all the soil runoff. And, you know, over the past, what, 30 years, um, topsoil has um, degraded. Like, I think it's the, the size of England is how much topsoil is lost annually. Oh my and gosh. in 50 years, we won't have the topsoil that is necessary. And, of course, you know, again, talking about how everything is integrated, um, um, topsoil doesn't have the current one doesn't have the minerals all of that that is, are necessary for healthy plants which include the food that we eat and so when we don't have that in the soil that our food um, is grown in it, it um, we don't have the minerals that we need actually to be healthy. So there are many issues. You know, magnesium is a huge thing right now for, for people. 95% of the planet people don't have enough magnesium, which is absolutely necessary for functioning of the cells. And that specifically is the reason is because the magnesium levels in our soil and the food that we grow is, you know. It's too low. Right. You know, I'm interested. I just out of the sidebar, you know, I think when I see all this rain, you know, I always think I, I know a question that comes to a lot of people is like, well, how can we still be in a drought if we have all this rain? And it's because we don't have the right storage solutions for it. 
would the work that you do, some of the certifications you do, are you teaching people to build these sort of yeah. generative storage sheds and they're yes. putting them underground or above, you know, where are they putting them and how would they go about this? Yeah. So, um, so we have our general maintenance qualification, our general design um, qualification. And then in our workshops, we go into a more specific kind of subject area or topic or principle. And so, for example, you know, building a rain garden is one or, or a rainwater capture um, bioretention areas, bioswales, you know, that kind of thing. And we are um, working with some of the, um, the uh, landscaping companies and training, specifically um, doing some trainings in a specific area. And so, yes, green stormwater infrastructure, really, really important right now, you yes, know. Definitely. Um, and, um, so other so we have our qualifications and then we have certification so certification in for example sea level rise design and planting we definitely need to address that um there is now there's a law that gas um equipment needs to be electrified now and so um, there's monies from the state to be able to buy some of that um, electric equipment. So we're going to be having a certification in that. Um, we also want to um, acknowledge the indigenous um, practices, which are pretty profound. And so we're in the process of um, creating- Taking it full circle, right? It's like coming back to what worked in the first place. There was absolutely. a reason people were doing things the way they did. Yes, so. absolutely. Um, and um, so we also have um, habitat um, creation and protection um, as, you know, another certification. So, yeah, we're we're um, looking to um, address the, you know, the dire need to look at, you know, land and landscaping in right. every. Definitely. Um, so dumb question, you know, take this all full circle. Right. Because all these things sound good. Right. You know, we need. I'm hearing people saying the importance of minerals, you know, creating the rain garden, finding solutions, providing that training in the bigger picture. How does this work or is there other work? How does that affect climate change? Like what is it that we're doing specifically that would affect climate change for the long haul and improve, I guess, sort of the acceleration of climate change in fact affecting our world? Um, well, so, you know, the climate is changing because um, there is too much carbon in the environment, in the atmosphere. You know, we're carbon-based, we're a carbon-based planet. And so, you know, in the old days, <laughs> carbon was in plants, it was in soil, it was in, you know, in every living aspect. And so what what has happened because of the the technology and because of the um, unconscious ways that we have actually um, done our, you know, our damage, right? Foods, you know, all of those things. There have there has been this um, carbon that is now in the atmosphere, and there's no place for it to actually be um, to to be stored. And so, what they talk about, and this is, you know, carbon sequestration. Sequestering it means bringing it back down into the places, so it's not in the atmosphere. Because if there's too much, there is too much in the atmosphere right now. The the um, sun 
it, um, the, it, it you know, stays and it heats the planet. So we're, it's too hot. So things are melting, you know, da, 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 da. And so what we need to do, and this has to do with sustainable into regeneration is we need to create more and more and more ways to bring that carbon back. So all these things that we're doing are all playing a role to reduce the carbons and right. therefore impacts the climate change. So yeah. I know it's like a little elementary, but I want to make sure for the broad audience that everybody understands how important this is and exactly how they can impact it. Because it feels like to me, I mean, what you're saying is that this is all pretty accessible to the average person, right? Because yes. a lot of us, we are like waiting for the government to do it or waiting for the, the city to do it or somebody to do this for us. But it sounds to me that there's a lot that each individual could do. If you were to advise me and you'd say, okay, Aaron, you're not about to take a class and you're not going to do anything, you know, big, right? Because you're working and doing stuff. What's like one or two things I could do out there in my community to help reduce the carbons, help with climate change, help make a difference in this space? Um, well, so, um, you know, I would say here are our eight principles. You know, here's, here's one. So one of our eight principles is act local. And so it would, um, you know, I would say, um, where, how are you able to, in your life, in your actual, in your house, to be aware of acting local or keeping things, you know, uh, instead of um, buying something from whatever, thousands of miles away, maybe you go to your local um, market or farmer's market, you know, support, you know, local, um, be aware of um, kind of where you get your clothes, you know, kind of, there are all these different places where um, there's a uh, a way that we are not really nourishing um, the earth and therefore even ourselves um, that has to do with uh, um, how it gets to be uh, out of balance, I guess. Right. Um, yeah. So, you know, I mean, there are lots of different things. So, you know, um, we talk about bees and, you know, that there's a, an issue with bees and pollinators. Well, actually, the, there are native bees, m more native bees, thousands, 3000. And I think like 1800 of those native bees are actually in California. And so there's a way that you can actually be aware of where the native bees are in your um, garden. Um, they're, they, they don't create hives. They don't produce honey. Um, but they're, they do more pollination than actually honeybees. So, so and, and what, if we, if we were aware of where the bees were coming from, what could we do to, are we helping them to regenerate? What are we doing with them to. Yes. To stop so harming maybe, them, do no harm, or is it more, more, yes. is it bigger than that? So they live in lots of different places. A lot of the native bees actually live in the soil underneath, underneath leaves, oh. da, 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 da. Um, so you could create some little habitat areas for the bees. Um, there's a great company, Crown Bees, and they have little um, houses with little like straw-like things, which I have one in my yard. And the bees come, they lay their eggs and, and then, you know, pollinate 
um, yes, et cetera. That's wonderful. So I actually heard kind of three really easy things we could do. Now I could go to crown bees and get myself a little bee house to help foster the development of bees in my garden, right? Mm -hmm. The other thing is just really simple, act locally, right? Buy goods from local vendors, that type of thing, and support in that way. Um, and then the third thing I think I heard was just being aware of where your clothing is being made um, and being local with that as well, right? Mm -hmm. So I think if you're doing those things, and that's something any of us can do, right? Pretty simple thing in our day-to-day. Now, I know some of the people listening on the call, first of all, I think people want to get involved and could probably donate to the cause. And then I think mm -hmm. there's people who might be interested in this and being part of the workforce development and even potentially taking a class. I'm guessing that's kind of pricey for the average individual. Can you talk us through how people could help and get involved? Yes. Yeah, so we have, um, you know, that we have our funds you can donate. Um, we also, um, for businesses, you could sponsor um, Rescape. We have a really great sponsorship program. Um, we um, uh, in, include our sponsors in some of our projects. We have some really wonderful projects that we're involved in. You know, one example is that there's a, a farm in San Jose in a, a park, Amarpush Park, and um, they have a failed bioswale. And so we um, are going to help them to design and um, repair that bioswale. And we're going to do um, a research project with um, nurturing soil just with compost and nurturing the soil with biochar, which is a, a, a byproduct of um, uh, wood and other um, things that are heated. Biochar actually helps keep water um, on site. And so we'll kind of, we're doing that kind of research to see if it keeps the water on site better than um, than just regular uh, the soil uh, bioretention area. Another project we have, we're working with a, a high school in um, Oakland um, whose high school is built on a former toxic waste site. Oh, wow. And um, they um, asked us to help them to do some mitigation to make sure that, um, you know, the toxins are safe and everything else right so it sounds like people have the opportunity to volunteer and actually help hands-on they can donate they can get trained it just seems like there's a lot that people can yes. do to get involved and yes i find um, this work really exciting i know that black point is definitely going to be sponsoring some people to take oh, classes so i'm really excited for that and i want to encourage all the other entrepreneurs out there that are watching my show get involved. We can make a difference. Just like for you, Melina, how you got the calling. I feel like just getting connected with you makes me want to get more involved. Oh, and I'm hoping so that uh, people are similarly inspired as they're listening because you've had an amazing life leading to this point and it's all culminated into really giving back and doing a mm -hmm. lot of great work out there. So I so appreciate you. So well, thank you so much. You know, um, we hear from a lot of uh, particularly, um, you know, youth, um, and they're, you know, in addition to anxiety that they have, you know, hopelessness, etc. And, um, you know, it's really pretty dire, you know, I, and this to me is, I know that every day I'm able to do some one thing to help. And, you know, we each, we each have that opportunity wherever we are, whether it's just even 
being aware of how the interconnection is there, how the, you know, what you're, um, you know, watering in your lawn actually affects what happens in the bay. Um, you know, it, uh, it, it's, it's, the opportunity is pretty great for us to make a difference, no matter, even if it's teeny little, even if we're just kind to somebody, you know, they're with, they keep doing research studies about um, um, uh, how people affect, you know, one another, etc. And they're aware that um, uh, the grocery bagger um, at your grocery store affects 200 people in their in their work 200 people every day they affect and so is it going to be in a positive way kindness etc or is it going to be in a grumpy not 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 nice way you know that kind of thing so i mean everything that we do really does make a difference you know um, I love talking to you, Melina. It gets me inspired. I want to do good uh, when I go out there and I'm talking to people in my business. It's the mm, same thing, you. just putting it forward and, and taking care of others. You're such an inspiration. Just want to remind everybody, uh, I know Melina is glad to take your questions directly. Her email's up here, melina at rescapecalifornia.org or ca.org, I should say. Or mm -hmm. you can go to the website. There's ways to donate, get involved. I know they're constantly looking to uh, create jobs and make it a, a good career path for those that are interested in that. There's also opportunities to no donate and make a difference. I even think you have openings on your board. So people who are interested, yes. please go to their website. If you have a question, you can go to Melena directly or you can comment on this show and I'll be sure to get the comments over to Melena. All I can say is please get involved. Do something every day, whether it's being a little kinder, it's helping uh, with the environment, just shopping locally, donating, whatever you can do to make a difference. So, Melina, thank you so much for joining us today. We're so thank happy you. to have you on the show. And please keep doing your good work and keeping us posted on how it's going out there. Thank we you. Thank you. you. Thank you. And thanks, everyone. Have Take a great care. day. Bye. Thank you for listening to This is 65. Please subscribe to the Black Point Insurance YouTube channel and follow us on Instagram and Facebook. And you can follow me, Erin Ackenheil, on LinkedIn and Facebook. See you next time.